Hey everybody, it's me, it's Lenora from It's a New Dawn, and I am actually taping my first podcast of the new year, January 7th, 2021, and um, I have some pre-recorded podcasts that I have have out probably till the end of January or so, but this is my first podcast I'm recording for the year of 2021, and my guest is Stephanie Winthrop, and I will introduce her a little bit more formally, but before I get to that, um, I really want to encourage you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, It's New Dawn, and also subscribe to my podcast under the same name, It's New Dawn and um, support me so I can keep doing this. I also wanna talk about maybe not really changing up my format, but uh, I'll be mixing things up a little bit for this season. I do wanna still talk to people about their stories and overcoming their adversities and how they're helping others or themselves. But I also wanna talk a lot, uh, I wanna talk a lot about, not a lot, but intertwine that with health and wellness tidbits, anything that I feel is going to help my audience in achieving some kind of wellness in their life. So that encompasses a lot of different subjects. So it may seem that my podcast may be going all over the place, but I will get it. I'm not going to say right because it's, I'm evolving. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. Uh, and I hope that you support me and um, you can subscribe all my show. Notes. Everything's going to be in the links. The one thing that's different also is I always talk about the raw bar and I'll talk about it again at the end of the show. But now they gave me a 5% discount for anybody who buys from their website. And that would be Lenny, Lenny five. And that gets you 5% off of your order. So that's a little different too. But in the meantime, let me introduce my guest today. I met Stephanie through TikTok, which I don't find, I don't feel like that's going to change anytime soon. We are in the midst of COVID still. And, um, you know, I have been meeting a lot of wonderful people through TikTok and Stephanie is one of them. Um, and I had put out on TikTok, if anybody wants to share their story, Stephanie reached out to me. And she is going to share her story today. She is from Indianapolis, Indiana. And she'll be talking about her story, how the system is broken, and how people can help in practical ways. She was taken away and returned to her parents several times. And she's working now to help educate and reform the system, which is huge. And I have been... She's been telling your story on TikTok and, oh man, she's overcome so much, so, so much. So sit back, you guys, and listen to her story. And I'm going to turn the camera over to you, Stephanie. Thank you for, for blessing me with your presence today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Mm-hmm. My parents, my father told my mother he didn't want to have kids. My mother thought, well he'll change his mind when I get pregnant. Well, he didn't. And so when she became pregnant with my brother, they separated. When she became pregnant with me, they argued. He ended up scalding my whole right arm and my left arm. 
and they divorced. My mother was mentally ill. So she ended up in the hospital three different times. And the first time she ended up in the hospital, we were placed with our grandparents, which was actually a pretty good placement. The second time we were put in an orphanage where we were abused. And each time we were returned, the abuse got worse and worse. They returned us to my mother again. And she attempted suicide in front of us. We were taken away, put in foster care where we were abused. And then she returned us again. We were returned again. And that is when my mother, and this is a disclaimer because this may be triggering for some people. Okay. Mm-hmm. But my mother literally gave me to my, her boyfriend as a Christmas gift. The abuse. This is, this really- is where, yeah, this is where I just, 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 and no I, child I, should ever, this is horrible. So I still cannot tolerate Christmas to this day. And so my grandparents filed for custody. My mother took off with us. And to say that we lived rough would be an understatement. At one point, we lived on a farm with no running water, no electricity. At another point, we lived in a trailer with no electricity, no running water, just a bed, and that was it. And that is when they, we were finally, I was finally taken away and I was given to my father, the same father that scalded me. He came and, close. And if you want to talk about any of these, and you don't have to, any of these instances where you feel like you want to elaborate a little bit more or anything like that, but don't feel that you have to. Um, this well, is a free, you know, you can talk about anything on here. So at one point, he had me in the car where the monoxide was leaking into the car. He knew it. He did not do anything about it. We stopped to go eat at a fast food restaurant. I passed out. He did not take me to the hospital. I, oh, I could have died easily that day. Mm-hmm. Nothing was done. He choked me. And till I passed out, I still can't stand for anything to touch my throat. Yeah. They finally That's why did... I didn't wear anything around my neck today for you. But thank you. You're welcome. He fi- they finally take me away from my father and they give me back to my mother. The same mother that they took me away from to give me to my father. Right. Which made lots of to me yeah and so her boyfriend her husband at the time she was on her third husband he told her she had to choose between her or me because he went after her with the baseball bat and I stopped him and so she chose him and I ended up back in foster care I lasted three months with her Mm. and so this is what I mean when I say the system is broken. Mm-hmm. What happened in foster care? Like, I think you said you, with your whole story, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, there were some places that were okay, that you felt were, fine, I, I okay. Don't, when I was a little bitty, I don't remember 
all the foster homes I was in, the one that I do remember, something happened. I don't remember what it was, but I remember that she would treat her her biological child better than she did the, her foster children. Mm-hmm. And she would beat us. And if her foster, her biological child did anything to us, we couldn't defend ourselves. So her biological child could bite us, scratch us, take away the toys. It didn't matter. Right. Do you think that they, they took you in as a foster child just for the money? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And whatever it was that happened was so horrible that I blocked it from my mind. And I still can't remember it to this day. And mm. whatever it was, if it was that horrible, I don't want to remember it. Mm. But I told my mother and there was a terrible fight and I was moved to another foster home. As a teenager, the first foster home I was put into, she basically wanted a teenager to be a nanny to her children and a housekeeper. So that's what I did. I had to take care of the kids. I took care of the house. Whatever money she got for me that was supposed to go to my care, she spent on herself. Mm-hmm. And eventually, she not only lost me, she lost her own kids. Mm. The second do you one. Think, I went do you to, think this happens a lot even now? Oh, yeah. Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean. That still happens today. And that's the thing about it is people say, oh, well, that happened long ago. No, it is still happening. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some good foster homes. I'm not knocking every foster home. I have friends who are foster parents, and they're great, and they're wonderful, and I'm I'm happy for them. But there are foster homes where children are taken in, and they are abused, and sometimes even killed by their foster parents. Mm -hmm. Because the myth we tell ourselves is that... Once a child enters the foster care system, they're, going, they're taken out of the abusive home, they're rescued, and that is not always the case. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the foster homes are just as bad as where they've been removed from. Mm-hmm. 45% of the children that are removed from their abusive home report being abused in the foster care home. It's crazy. It absolutely is. And even when they get adopted, we think, oh, well, they're adopted into a great home. That isn't always the case either. Yeah. For me, I would be always, um, always apprehensive about foster and adoption. Just, I think it's just because of my abuse and what I've been through. There would always be that level of trust if these people really love the kids. If So when you told your story, I, I thought, that probably happens way more than we even think. It you does. Know, that, it what does. you're saying, what you're saying, like, yeah, like, which is, oh, it's just so sad. These poor, innocent children who just want to be loved, you know, just want to hug, just want. Oh. And it goes underreported because people who have been part of the foster care system don't tell their stories. You don't hear about it. And so if you've been in the foster care system, you need to go forward and talk about it. I had a friend that I knew. She grew up in the foster care system. Her daughter grew up in the foster care system. Her daughter's children are now in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. 
it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know how to parent. It just happens. I knew somebody else who was adopted and her she was adopted by this couple who knew she was biracial. They had their biological children and they said, Well, you don't look like our my children and they rejected her. Mm-hmm. So why you know, I see in the you know, in the foster system, like, okay, it's like not okay, but there there's money involved where they where they have money every month for taking right. these kids but why do people do it why do people adopt it is it a power thing is it a i don't know and i don't i honestly don't know why they even adopted her if they knew that she was biracial i i don't get it yeah i, I don't know I was mm-hmm. never adopted, so I can't answer to that. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But, you know, there, there's that, oh, well, we're, we're going to have some money every month and we'll spend it on drugs or food, whatever, ourselves. But then if you're adopting a child, you're not, you're not receiving any money. So why adopt? Well, there was a case where if, if you're going to abuse the kid. Lost custody of their children, their biological children. And the so the social worker was in charge of a set of twins, a, a, a little boy and a little girl twins. She was in charge of their case. She arranged for her uncle, who had lost custody of his kids, to adopt these children. They wanted, I, I guess, they wanted the twins to replace the children they lost. At any rate, he adopted these twins. He and his wife. The little boy was killed by them, and the little girl will never be right again. Oh. Oh, my God. That's so horrible. Yes. And this is what I mean by the system is broken, because things like this happen, and they happen more than people realize. And it's not just the foster parents. It is also cases where... Children are knowingly returned to abusive parents. Because it's easy. Because it's easy. There was a case where a foster mother was telling the social worker that whenever the child was returning from the mother, she was returning with bruises and marks and was saying she's not safe with her mother. The social worker Arranged for the little girl to have a 30-day unsupervised visit with the mother and the boyfriend. Within 48 hours, the baby was dead. Oh, God. You know, you hear about shoddy nursing, too. I'm a nurse. And you see, you just want to get it done. And you you turn the other cheek. Because I worked with senior citizens, dementia patients, and... It's so sad because you see they don't want to deal with that. They don't want to they turn the other cheek or they'll never know. You know, well, like, it's, I'm part, not saying there are, I mean, I'm not putting down nursing. It's just right. you see it and it's just laziness. And it's, 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 I don't know how to even describe that. Well, and part of the problem is that there aren't enough social workers. Social workers are only supposed to have X number of cases per social worker. They have 
double the amount they're supposed to have because we don't pay the social workers. We don't put enough money into the CPS. We're fine with building the stadium. We're fine with building all this other fancy stuff. You start talking about, well, we need to put money into social working and into CPS, and nobody wants to do that. Mm. That's the other issue. We don't put our money in our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That needs to change. Yeah. My daughter's going to school for social work. Yeah. And that is also part of the problem. We look the other way. We don't put the money in there. And we don't get involved. And there's so many things that people don't know about, like the charity that I had you donate to. Mm -hmm. Nobody had even heard of that. Mm -mm. I haven't. Exactly. There are things that people can do. For instance, people can become what's called an advocate, a child advocate. And what that means is when a case goes to court, the parents have an attorney who speaks for them. The state has somebody that speaks for them. The child advocate speaks for the child. You don't, they'll train you. And basically what you do is you sit down with the child and like I said, they will train you in this. And you talk to the child and say, what do you want? We know what your parents want. We know what the states want. What do you want? And when it goes to court, you speak for the child. You don't hmm. speak for the parents. You don't speak for the, the state. You speak for the child. Hmm. Never That's heard of this. It's called being a child advocate. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. And it's and, and how do you How do you do that now? Like, like with COVID, like, I don't understand. Like, how do you know the child? How do you? I, I don't know. You What's can the process? do it all virtual because court's wow. done virtual anyway. You go to the child advocacy site, sign up and say you want to be a volunteer. Wow. That's wow. a powerful way to help a kid. Wow. How old is this child? What is the age? About? It, it's different ages. Well, a child has to be old enough to speak for themselves, like to know what right. they want. Right. Where I think it's a lot, it's a lot younger than we think. You know, we yeah. got to give the child a voice. They right? have children. Right? I, I, I'm not part of the child advocacy because I, I don't think I could handle it because I'd want to go in there and say, listen, mother. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not like, I, I know. I know that about you, Stephanie. But I, I, you mean well, though. You mean well. I mean well, yeah. <laughs> but if you're interested, you can go to the child advocacy site. You can look into it. You can check it out. Okay. You have a link One that way. I'm going to be putting these things. Huh? You were, you were going to send me a whole bunch of links and stuff. Yes, and this is one of the links I'll be sending you. Okay. Another way you can help is there's a group called, um, I have to look up my sources here because I wrote down a whole bunch of them, but there is a group, the same group that does the sweet cases. Yeah. They have a bunch of other programs that they have that they help children in foster care with everything from aging out 
to going in and mentoring kids who are in the foster care system, a whole list of things. You can go in and help a kid who's in, in foster care by mentoring them, by being a big brother, big sister, doing the sweet cases. Mm-hmm. There's a number, if you contact that organization, they can plug you into all different ways you can help a kid. Mm-hmm. When a foster kid is in college, they don't have family to send them care packages. They don't have family that they can go home and visit for Christmas and Thanksgiving. You could be that family for them. Adopt the, the, the college kids so that they have somebody to send them care packages, to help them with getting the stuff that they need to start off college with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any number of ways you can help. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more than we even know, I'm sure. I can send you all the links of all the different organizations. Yeah, send me me the links to put in the show notes. But um, I mentioned that at the end, but I want to, do you want to continue with your story? And so after I became an adult, I decided I wanted to try to reconnect with my mother, which was a huge mistake. But a lot of foster kids, when they age, out of the system, that's what they do because they don't have any other family. So they try to go back to the biological family, which is always a mistake. Is that what What happened? You aged out of the system? I aged out of the system. And that happens to a lot of kids. Yeah. And what, what is that? 21, 18? What is it? 18. 18. Okay. 18. Because after a kid gets to be a certain age, the chances of being adopted are are done. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the little kids. They don't want the older kids. So once you reach, reach the age of about five, forget it. You're not going to be adopted. Your chances of being adopted are very, very slim. So I went back and tried to reconnect with my mother, which was a colossal mistake. Because what ended up happening is when I had a job, she'd be there for me. When I didn't have a job, she wanted nothing to do with me. And one of the things about kids who age out of the system is we have a hard time holding a job. I, they, we tend to not finish high school. I didn't finish high school. I got my GED. We tend to have be homeless a lot. I was homeless a lot. I was homeless for years. We tend to have depression and PTSD. Bingo. Mm -hmm. And so when I had a job, she was right there. When I didn't have a job, she wanted nothing to do with me. And the breaking point, I think. And why was that? I know, I know why, because I've listened to your story, but. For me, not, I, I had struggled with a job because number one, my PTSD. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I want to know that, but I want to know why your mom accepted you when you had a job and when you did it, she didn't accept you. Because I know there, the answer. Because no when money, I had, right? a, when I didn't have a job, <laughs> I had nothing to offer her as far right. as she was concerned. Right. Right. You were only meaningful if you had money coming into, and she probably took it, right? She took your money. Yes. When I lived with her, she had um, a trust fund 
that paid for everything, and the only thing she had to pay for was, like, her car, the phone bill, and her her personal food. Right. The trust fund paid for everything for the household, like the, the taxes and things like that. She still demanded that I pay over $200 rent and help mm-hmm. with the food. Okay. And how old were you? How old were you? I was, I was in my 19, early 20s, and I was making minimum wage. And most of my paycheck went to her. Mm-hmm. I didn't complain. Okay, if that's what you want. And I bought food, and she still said I wasn't doing enough for her. Okay, whatever. And so I was barely making minimum wage. She was able to go on all these trips and do all this stuff because she was getting she was getting disability. She was getting a thousand dollars a month from the estate, which was also paying all of her, her household expenses, and she was getting money from me. I couldn't even afford insurance. Mm-hmm. because of the money I was paying to her. Right. And when I started therapy, she told me, well, you better not ever talk about me. You can talk about everybody else, but don't talk about me. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was the reason you're going to therapy. She was the reason I, I was going I hate to, to laugh. I hate to laugh. I'm sorry, but like, yeah. Yeah. So, unless I'm wrong, I, no, she was the reason I was going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and then I changed my name, and she told me, "Well, you can't get any mail here in your legal name." So I got a PO box. Well, then she comes back and says, "Well, you, why are you always going and checking your PO box?" Well, because you won't let me get mail here. I would go to work and I'd come home and she'd leave these nasty notes on my bed. I walk in, how was your day? Oh, it was great. And I walk in my bedroom and there's these nasty notes sitting on my bed oh. for me. Oh my God. Like, you know, <sighs> you know, if I go and change my clothes, she'd come in the bedroom when I was changing my clothes and make comments about my breasts and stuff. She'd come into the bedroom when I was in bed to change clothes. And oh. I thought, what's wrong with me that I don't like this? And my therapist said, well, because it's not normal. It's not Uh, a question now. Do you know your mom's past? Like, do you know what her upbringing Um, was like? Do you know what upbringing your father was like? I know that with my mother, her parents divorced when she was very, very little. My grandmother remarried. Her second husband adopted my mother, and his family couldn't stand that. They, they'd never accepted my mother or my grandmother. And I know that my grandmother and grandfather were alcoholics. My mother said that she would get up in the middle of the night and go to the bar and beg him to come home, or she'd go to sleep uh, in the bar. And she uh, did say at one point that an uncle, and I don't know if it was a biological uncle or a family friend that she called uncle, raped her oh now (sighs) with my father his parents were named levi and and millie okay and levi lived with his mother the whole time they were married 
she lived in one house and Millicent lived in another house with the kids. They never lived in the same house. Yeah. We're a product of where we were from. And, and I'm not making a real, I'm no, totally no. not making excuses for the way and, they treated you, but we only know what we've learned. They and, had five kids. Wow. And at one point, I guess my grandmother, my father's mother, moved in a boyfriend and he molested all three of my aunts. There was so much, and my grandmother was a drug addict, and she would tell the kids, you cannot get up until I get up. You can't make any noise. You can't get up. My father had wanted to help the circus set up because they get free tickets when the circus sets up. So he snuck out to get help the circus set up, and when he came back home, my grandmother beat him with a broom until he's bruised all over. I know that my his his only brother ended up getting um, having DID dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Committed suicide when I was fifteen. I didn't really know my uncle, and what's ironic is the uncle that committed suicide. He rented a car brought it home, put it in the garage, started the exhaust, and laid down behind the car, and he died from monoxide poisoning, the same way my father almost killed me. Right. And I know my other aunt, Donna, one of his sisters died when she was 20 from brain cancer. My other aunt, Donna, Donna, Donna was engaged to this man named Joe. The night before the the wedding, she eloped with Joe's brother, had two kids by him, then started an affair with Joe, and had two kids by him, and then divorced Charlie and married Joe. So her two children, so her younger two children are half-siblings and cousins to their older siblings. Yeah. I can't figure that out now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just just odd it, it's very odd so that's kind of where they came from <laughs> so oh yeah yeah <laughs> wow. and I, I strongly suspect that my grandmother had bipolar my mother has bipolar had bipolar and my niece has bipolar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. So I don't know where we are in the story. Uh, uh, with me living with my mother in depression and the yeah, final. Wait, 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 wait. You, you aged out. You went back yeah. to your mom. You had to give her their paycheck. Yes. And so I was in therapy. I got very depressed. And I actually attempted suicide. And my mother walked into the hospital room, looked at me and said, well, the next time you decide you want to kill yourself, let me know. I'll show you how to split your wrist the right way, and I, but do it in a field. And that way you won't make a mess. I, I mean, I'm listening to you um, for the audience. I listen to your story 
on TikTok. And there are some parts of it that I was just like, what the F? And this was one of them. Yes. And I'm I did. I'm so sorry. That even to this day, I sit there and I think, did she actually say that? So I finally decided that I didn't want my mother in my life anymore. So what I did was I came out to her because I knew if I came out to her, that would be it. And it was when I came out to her, she was, her response was, she had always said that if abortions had been legal, I never would have been born. So when I came out to her, her response was, if I'd known you were going to be a dyke, I would have aborted you. Since I can't do that, I'll consider you dead. We was didn't this in the speak- same time period as when she said, if you wanted to commit suicide, I'll... Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the nail in the coffin. Yes. And the last time I spoke to my mother was eight years later. She'd had a stroke. She was in the hospital. My brother was living with her, and I wanted to give my brother a break. It wasn't about her. It's about my brother. And so the doctor had said that somebody needed to be with her during the day. So I told my brother, well, I'll tell you what. I can come over during the day while you're at work. And, it, again, it wasn't about my mother. It was about my brother. So you're, you're was, close to your brother? You No. You're not. No, okay. we're not. We're not close at all. Um, I love my brother dearly. My brother was one of my abusers, uh, and I love okay. him. Yeah. And but I I don't feel comfortable around him. Oh well, I understand that. I understand that. So but from the time your mom, from the time your mom said about you being a dyke and then you your suicide so from that time you disassociated with your mom for like eight years until she got sick okay and but so I I was on disability and I said I can come over I can take care of her while you're at work I used to be a CNA I know how to take care of her you don't have to pay me I'll do it She looked at me and said, number one, I don't want to catch AIDS from you. Number two, you don't have a job. And number three, you can't have kids. You have nothing to offer my family leave. All right. As I'm walking out of the hospital room, the nurse says, is your daughter leaving? And she says, I don't have a daughter. I washed my hands. Hmm. We never spoke again. Wow. Wow. Just because we're blood related with somebody doesn't mean we got to like them. Doesn't mean we got to be in their circle. No. But it's very, it's still very painful. I'm sure. I mean, my thing was I did what I promised her I would do because she always said, promise me you'll never put me in a nursing home. I stepped up. I did my part. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I washed my hands and I never, ever tried to contact her again. Mm-hmm. She died and I didn't go to her funeral. I don't know where she's buried. I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. 
Okay. I understand that. Um, your um, father. Where's your, have, where's your father? I don't know. He died. Oh, he did I die. I haven't spoke okay. to him since I was 15. He's dead. I don't know where he's buried. I don't care. Okay. You have a new family, though. Exactly. Who's your new and family? My new family is mm -hmm. I have a good friend named Jen. In fact, I made her my medical power of attorney. So if anything happens to me, she can step in and, and make decisions. If mm -hmm. I get to where I can't make decisions because I'm sick, mm -hmm. that's my family. Mm -hmm. That is my family. And cool. I have a TikTok family. And you know how many times that's been said on my podcast? <laughs> so many times. And it's my family too. It's I I do I do have a family. You know my family. Stephanie is um, for those who are not on TikTok. I do do lives and you uh, connect with your followers. And Stephanie's been on my live. We connect on there. They can see me. I can't see them. But you form a community and you form support. And during this time, especially during COVID, and um, you know instability in our world and all that it, it's so comforting and you say this one person that you have as your family that's all it takes you know it's um well it's her her wife and her daughter well so it's, it's beautiful some people have nobody that's why I changed my name because I never liked my first name and I didn't want my family's last name so I changed my entire name and it's my name now it's cool. nobody else's name it's mine so where are you now in your healing and your journey I'm still in therapy which is okay I finally got diagnosed with an eating disorder and I'm starting to get treatment for that I moved out of Kentucky because wasn't it was never a very good place for me there anyway told my story on TikTok, and I'm actually in a pretty good place right now. I, I did end up in the hospital last August, but it was because I needed a med change, not because I was self-destructive. Mm -hmm. Haven't self-harm in so long I can't remember. That's good. <laughs> I, you know, I no longer even consider suicide. I... I'm in a very good place right now. It's really, it's really wonderful to hear too. I love that. And I love you. You know that, right? I love you too. Ste Stephanie and I have a, have a really nice love-hate relationship, but more love. Yeah, I actually don't think there's any hate. There's no hate. I, I cross that off. No hate. <laughs> Just and, a lot and of teasing. how I use my TikTok to tell my story and to tell people this is how you can change the system. I just finished telling my story, so now I'm going to do a series of TikTok talking about all these places that I'm going to email you. Mm -hmm. Those are the places I'm going to start talking about next. Is These are the resources that you can go to. That is awesome. That's a great way to do this and a great idea. But And that's the next thing. So if you guys want to... Um, hear Stephanie's story. There's so much more to it.
Um, you can go to her TikTok. I'll put the uh, information in the show notes and you're going to email me all the resources. So I'll put that in the show notes. And um, is there anything else? You, can you share any last words of wisdom or last parting words? If you've been in the system, please tell your story. Please tell people what happened to you because people need to hear hear it. We can't fix what we don't know is broken. Amen, girl. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hang out for a second. So everybody, my information as usual will be in the show notes. Uh, my website, uh, my podcast links, all that stuff is in the show notes. Uh, the Roar Bar, I do talk about it every podcast. The only difference is, is now you can get a 5% coupon discount by capital L-E-N-N-Y 5. It's Lenny 5. And the reason we did that is because I actually like the name Lenny. I was supposed to be named, um, I was supposed to be a boy. And uh, I was named after my uncle Lenny, who I really liked. And uh, so I was named Lenora, but a lot of people call me Len, Lenny, Nora, you know. So the company gave me that. So it's a capital L-E-N-N-Y, the numeral five, uh, the raw bar. It's the only packaged good I eat. It has very high protein, 18 to 22 grams a bar. It is vegan, but it's good for any diet. It's uh, all organic ingredients, 11 to 13 net carbs, which if you guys know anything about that, that's great. Low sugar, no artificial sweeteners uh, put together by coconut oil, which is great for your brain. Uh, the sugar they use is coconut nectar and blackstrap molasses, a little bit of Himalaya salt. They give 10% of all their net proceeds to feed the hungry children worldwide. This company is legit. And if you go on their website, the link will be below. You will see what I'm talking about. I would never, they don't sponsor me. I'm an ambassador and I'm an affiliate, but they do not sponsor me. I just believe in this company. Um, they do a lot of good and you can see it on their website. They're, they're in Africa, they're everywhere giving back to the children. So I know you like to help kids and this, this company is legit. So I don't mind talking about them. So on that note, thank you, Stephanie, so much for joining me. Um, everybody go subscribe to my podcast, support me. I appreciate you all. Have a wonderful and blessed day, everybody. Thank you, Stephanie. You're welcome.